this kind of seems like it's been a long time coming, Webby. I almost, forgot the, almost forgot the line right <laughs> off the start, but... This is Ball on Blast, part of the On Blast Podcast Network. Available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. If you like it, then subscribe and tell your friends. Holla. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're far too kind for tuning in once again to a little thing we like to call the Ball on Blast Podcast. My name is Sheldon Alexander, and once again, I'm here with my guy, Andrew Webster. Webby, what is good? What do we got? Three weeks to go? Just under three weeks to go? About that. The NBA doesn't sleep, but we took a little bit of a break. You know, things died down for a couple weeks. All those NBA players were taking their vacations. We had to do the same thing. You know, there were still a couple of stories, but it really started to heat up when you say... Uh, all the NBA dramas started to ramp back up. We had media day, we had (laughs) Jimmy Butler, you know, it's starting to get that time again where NBA is around the corner. So we got to, we got to show up here at ball on blast. You know what it is, Webby? It's like the reminder of why we do this podcast. Not only is the NBA such a great sport on the court, but also off the court. And let's say the interwebs. The NBA is untouchable. And I mean, even today, as we set up to do this podcast, there's Tristan Thompson making some noise, making a bit of a splash. Obviously, we know, which we'll get to for sure, right? Jimmy Butler has has taken over the NBA headlines the past week. We'll talk to that. LeBron in LA. That Hollywood story continues. And of course, some pop culture stuff in our Ask on Blast segment, right? Yeah, we got some music to talk about for sure, man. There's some stuff to talk about, as always. And this is why we love this podcast. And you know what? I feel like Raptors fans might love this podcast this year because, you know what? There's Raptors talk. A lot of Raptors talk. Would you, say, would you say that this is the, like, this is the most highly anticipated Raptors season? Got to be of all time, right? You know what, Webby? I'm so glad you said that, you know. And we start with our wrap it up segment, which as always is about the your Toronto Raptors. And Kawhi Leonard obviously had media day, and that's weird that I just said Kawhi Leonard had his media day. The Raptors had their media <laughs> day, but all the focus was about Kawhi Leonard. And where what you just said, Webby, is a perfect starting point. Because to me, right, is it crazy to say that this might be the most highly anticipated season in terms of the Raptors making the finals is a realistic goal for the first time in franchise history. And yet, that wasn't really the focus of Media Day, was it? No, of course not. The focus of Media Day is the huge acquisition that the Toronto Raptors made in the offseason because there's so much uncertainty around his future. Mm -hmm. So that's that's definitely going to be more of your... That's the easy narrative to follow, right? For sure. But here, here's the thing that I didn't get, right? Because I felt like everyone was coming in on the same page. We all know that Kawhi doesn't have a long-term plan to stay in Toronto. Now, could that change? Of course. But we know the situation heading in. So therefore, it just seemed like a super weird situation to to that he was walking into in terms of he's just going to be asked the same question in different ways over and over and over again. Like, that just seemed weird to me. What was your first impression of the Kawhi Leonard media day? Was it the laugh? The, the laugh was, well, the laugh was the viral part, right? But, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. 
and I guess the laugh plays into it, but it was really how the media in Toronto and the media in Canada is going to react to who Kawhi Leonard is. Yeah, obviously it's uh, it's a different situation. It's a different scene than he had in San Antonio. And while they were a super successful franchise with Kawhi Leonard at the helm, I, I don't think that. And I'm not trying to pump Toronto's tires here, but it's it's a big media market, especially when you compare it to San Antonio. So I, I think I think reconciling Kawhi Leonard's personality with the coverage that he's going to get from two national sports networks, basically, rather than a local Fox affiliate and, you know, TNT coming in <laughs> twice a yeah. month, is going to yeah. be kind of a culture shock, not for Kawhi and his people, but also covering an athlete like that for Toronto and Canadian sports media. That's going to be a new thing for them as well. They've never had an athlete like this to cover when it comes to the Raptors. You know what, Webby, you're, you're totally right with that, you know. Kawhi Leonard is coming in with a lot of different expectations, and the media market is a weird one. And we talk about it a lot on this podcast, just in terms of the way that we cover basketball in Canada and in Toronto especially. But this was super weird, and I'm not just going to blame the Toronto media with this factor, because on the one hand, if you went online, you saw that the laugh was everywhere, right? And so everyone's kind of the blame for this standpoint, because to me, the one reason it was weird was heading in, Kawhi doesn't show any emotion. Kawhi never smiles. Kawhi never does this. And then the very first question he gets, he laughs now, albeit awkwardly, but that becomes like the viral moment. And I feel like we didn't really give him a chance to acknowledge just how awkward the situation was that he was stepping into, right? Like it's your first media day. You know that everyone's trying to find out which makes no sense to me, but everyone's trying to find out, are you going to stay? Are you going to re-sign in Toronto? Right. How do you feel about being in Toronto? And you're being asked these questions by complete strangers that you've never met before. And the setup of the room, it's dark. So you can't even see who's asking you the questions. So you're having strangers hurl questions at you, the same question over and over again. And, and who wouldn't be awkward in that moment? You know what I mean? Like that was just a weird situation altogether. No, yeah, and you're absolutely right, but the th it kind of goes into what I was saying, too, that this is a foreign situation for him, because listen, mm -hmm. as much as success as the Spurs had, their media days were never a circus like this, and <laughs> if there was a lot of coverage, he had the benefit of having a guy like Pop, of having teammates like Manu and Tony Parker, exactly. who had been through that role before, but now, especially with DeMar not on the team anymore, and Kyle... Almost, I don't even know what to make of Kyle Lowry right now <laughs> and his relationship with the media. I mean, this yeah. with the situation of Kawhi coming in and his future being up in the air, this was all about him. And the microscope yeah. was fixed solely on him. And I'm sure that that's not something that he's really used to. For sure. And here, here's a question I have for you, Webby. What is the biggest sport in Canada? Oh, it's hockey. And so if you go by that standpoint, and the most popular athletes in hockey, Connor McDavid, Sidney Crosby, but hockey dudes in general, right? They don't ever say anything. Like, I couldn't tell you one important quote that Sidney Crosby or uh, Connor McDavid have ever said, right? Right. But it, it's almost, a, and, and it's almost like the Canadian hockey player is the worst offender in that. Like, any good hockey sound bites you get are usually from 
Russians or Americans. Exactly, right? And what are we told by the Canadian media? We we pump the tires of Sidney Crosby and Connor McDavid because they're not all up in the media. They're quiet guys. They're just hard workers. Humble. They're hockey players. They're humble. That's what they do. So my question to you is, why was the same Canadian in Toronto media so thrown off by Kawhi Leonard, who's cut from the exact same cloth? Kawhi Leonard just wants to play basketball. That's it. He's a baller. There's nothing else to it. He does. He's not the me, me, me guy that wants to be all in the camera and like talk to the media all the time. He's not going to give you an interesting quote on anything, but we know that coming in. So why would we place such a huge factor on what he was going to say in the first place? Like all that talk about, was there going to be a press conference? When is the press conference? All that made no sense to me because we know the kind of guy he is. So if we accept that in hockey, why was it such a big deal for us to understand what Kawhi Leonard? Well, I'm sure that it's bucking the trend of what you assume a basketball player to be. <laughs> you assume a basketball player to be a LeBron James, an outspoken person who's going to... I mean, we talk about it all the time on this show, about the personality of basketball players coming through not just their play, uh, not just through their social media presence, but by really everything they do. It's all followed by us, by fans across the world. And so to have an NBA star like this who's a little demure and a little more laid back, uh, especially to an audience that definitely probably has some black and white, uh, and I don't mean that in a, uh, like a racial way at all, but like <laughs> no, some, gotcha, you know, gotcha. not a lot of gray areas when it comes to what basketball players should be like it is yeah. in Canada. And that's not the fault of Canadians or even Canadian media. It's just almost like a newer sport. It's not quite as ingrained sure. as it is in the United States. So to have a guy who doesn't quite fit into that mold of what you think a basketball player is going to be, uh, I, you know, that's what creates that kind of reaction, I think. Yeah, it was just odd to me that, you know, we embrace Crosby and McDavid for being those kind of dudes, but Kawhi, we are almost looking at it as a detriment that he was quiet and like, why doesn't he come out and say blank? And it's like, what do you want him to say? Like, were you expecting him to come out? in this press conference and announced that he was going to sign an extension with the Raptors. Like we all, I feel like we all know what this situation is, right? And it's funny too. If you look at it the other way, it's like PK Subban kind of still gets crap yeah. for doing the, the reciprocal only in hockey, right? Yeah. As an outspoken person, a lot of hockey media members, a lot of, especially Montreal Canadians fans will tell you, that, you know, well, he was a problem in the locker room because he made it all about himself. And he wasn't like Crosby. He wasn't like McDavid. He didn't, you know, keep on the straight and narrow. So it's funny how, you know, if you start to step out of that mold of what people think you should be in terms of what sport you're playing, uh, then you really get some backlash. And you know what's funny about this whole thing? We talked about this last season and even in the podcast we did just after the Kawhi Leonard trade, right? And one of the biggest themes that we kept bringing up was for Toronto Raptors fans and media alike to have better expectations for what their team and what their city is, right? And there was a lot of insecurity about, oh, well, we don't like Kawhi because he doesn't want to stay here. Why doesn't he want to stay here? This And it's like, relax, play out the season, yeah, trust in, and I don't want to say trust the process because that's been uh, co-opted by the Sixers. Co-opted, you know I mean? created by Sam Hankey. Well, trust in your organization yes. and the blueprint that you're building, right? And we've been stressing that for how long now? And to me, the biggest thing to come out of 
Raptors Media Day was the quotes from Masai Ujiri, right? Because after maybe the eighth time of someone asking basically the same question to Kawhi and, and uh, Danny Green about the city of Toronto and, you know, like I love that Masai just stepped in and he was like, you know, the narrative, I'm going to read this quote because I thought it was super important for people that missed it. And instead of the stupid laugh that took up most of the headlines, I feel like this Maasai quote should have been the actual takeaway from Media Day. But I'm going to read the quote now. He said, and I'm going to emphasize too, he interjected to make sure, yeah. you know, like he was just fed up by the questioning. But he said, quote, the narrative of not wanting to come to this city is gone. I think that's old and we should move past that. Believe in this city. Believe in yourself. We can stop talking about coming to the city or wanting to come to the city. That's old talk. We want to win. We have a privilege and an opportunity to be one of the NBA teams here. That's a huge privilege for us, and it's our jobs here to try and greet these players. It's our jobs to try and sell it to these players here, but we're proud of who we are. We're proud to have these guys. We're proud to have the young guys we have. We're proud of what Kyle and everybody has done here. So let's move past that narrative of wanting to stay here or wanting to come here. Close quote. Masai's a G. Yeah. I love Masai Ujiri. He's uh, a G because that's so real to me. No, no, no. You're you're absolutely right. And like for too long, the Raptors' narrative around this team was that you know they may be the fifth, sixth biggest NBA market, but really you have to look at them like a small market team because mm -hmm. nobody's going to want to go there. Nobody. But you know what they've done in the last 10 years is completely flip that narrative on its head. And, yeah. and, and I don't think that it, it starts with Kawhi. I think it started a while ago, even before Masai got here. Mm -hmm. You know, when they were able to, like, just the way they've built this team throughout the last kind of decade and really built Toronto into not just a, a good NBA team, but a, an NBA team that can make the playoffs and win a couple rounds. Now, you know, can they make the finals this year? I think they have a really good shot, and that's definitely going to go a whole lot uh, further to helping that cause as well. But I think that he's right. We the the media has to get over this, uh, like we say, narrative of not being able to bring anybody to Toronto. I, I think it's false. I think this is also a too, huge NBA market, uh, and it's proven to be a winner. Also, too, right? Like you would think that that narrative would have died down after Lowry and Demar became all-stars and they both re-upped yeah right like isn't that like shouldn't that have started to change that narrative a little bit and it still seems that we're coming from this place of insecurity like why does he want to be here well maybe you know what and and i know i'm jumping ahead to this season and who knows what happens but i'm saying maybe if the raptors have a great season right let's say they whatever make it to the conference finals and lose but it was a good season and Kawhi Leonard decides that he doesn't want to stay here, maybe that's on him. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? And, and it's not on the Toronto Raptors. And he's completely you, within you his know. he's completely within his right to do so as well. Exactly. And just because he does doesn't mean that the Raptors are trash, you know? Exactly. Exactly. I totally agree with you, Webby. But again, the biggest thing that should have came out of this was championship expectations. Getting two guys from the San Antonio Spurs, and we know how just legendary that franchise is that organization and getting those two guys and being able to almost like pick the brains or have the young guys learn from people coming from that pedigree that's going to be massive going forward even if it is just for one year and this year is going to be amazing i can't wait 
for the Raptors season to start. Preseason starts on Saturday, I'm pretty sure. In Vancouver, they're playing uh, the Portland Trailblazers. Nice. And, I mean, I'm all in. And and normally I don't care about preseason, and I really don't care because I know, like, how much is Kawhi really going to play? I, I, I would hope not a lot. Exactly. But I'm here for it, right? I want to see what's going to happen. The other big storyline, too, is Nick Nurse, right? Like, that's another massive storyline that is getting swept under the rug so far. Brand new coach with a team that has expectations of making the conference finals. Like, I'm interested to see how Nick Nurse does, right, Webby? Oh, it's going to be, well, yeah, it's going to be a very interesting experiment. I I think that, honestly, having Nurse uh, with his first year with a new player, like Kawhi Leonard is very interesting. Uh, yeah. I, I think that if Kawhi maybe had been here the year before and already had a relationship with Dwayne Casey, then I think that it might be a little different. But it's kind of a fresh start for both of them. For both of them, yeah. And I love the quotes that came out of the early, uh, I think day one or day two, I think Nick Nurse was talking about how Kawhi was out there winning the one-on-one drill. Like I guess they had like a pseudo one-on-one tournament and Kawhi won. And I'm like, I like to hear that. You know what I mean? No surprise, but I liked hearing that he's going hard in practice, right? Like he's ready. And the other thing too, while we were off, there were so many things, so many different storylines in terms of the Raptors hiring Kawhi's friend, but also Kawhi working out with LeBron. And there were some whispers coming out of that workout that Kawhi was giving LeBron the business. Like Kawhi is back to normal, right? I'm not rating what happened in a workout, but my point though, bringing it up is, it sounds like he's healthy, like he is ready to go. Well, not only on that, but with a chip on his shoulder and something to prove. I mean, really, when Hell you think about yes. it, Kawhi was dragged through the mud for a whole NBA season. Totally, I mean, this totally true. It, the media like looked at this as completely Kawhi's fault, as he was the weak one in this relationship, and how could he be the one? And the mistakes that he's made and the people that he surrounds himself with. So I think, again, with this fresh start with a new coach and a new team, I I wouldn't be shocked if Kawhi comes out and just starts kicking ass. Yeah, no, totally agree. Uh, The other thing to come out early from this media, not media day, but uh, Raptors training camp, sorry, in Vancouver has been Kyle Lowry. And so... We didn't hear from, or I guess the first time we heard from Kyle Lowry after the trade was at USA camp, and he didn't really want to get into talking about the trade. He just kind of said DeMar was his boy and kind of left it at that. Media day, I thought he handled it pretty well, right? He said everything you'd want him yeah. to say. He's he's here to work and he's here to show out. But now that training camp started, it's been two days and Kyle Lowry hasn't talked to the media. Is this a thing? Are you worried about that at all? <laughs> There's also a picture of Kyle wearing a hat. And mind you, it's a it's a style, it's a flashy hat. It's a nice hat. But on the side, there was a, a quote that said one year. Are you worried about Kyle Lowry at all what from is, any of this stuff or no? What is with Kyle's uh, message hats? Remember after <laughs> he got in trouble with the golf and he wore the master's yeah. hat? Oh, oh yeah. that was oh, that yeah. was my favorite. This guy in his headwear sending messages. I like it. <laughs> you know what? I, I, I not surprising that like honestly, like bristly Kyle is back, and, and no no surprise they traded his best friend on the team, and and yeah. I'm sure that he's got a little bit of chip on his shoulder. And again, like Kawhi, something to prove now as well, yes. it, it, especially if he wants out. Uh, you know, if he wants to pursue different opportunities than with the Raptors. Then, oh my goodness, yeah. they're throwing a fake punt. Sorry. Oh, that That's was that right. was terrible, terrible fake punt. 
it, we're recording it on Thursday. There's Thursday football on. So hey, what, Webby, we're sports yeah, fans. Exactly. That's allowed, man. So I, I think that Kyle uh, definitely has something to prove here, especially early in the season. So he's probably mm-hmm. doing that zero dark 30 thing that LeBron does. Like, let's not talk <laughs> to the media and get real fired up for the beginning of the season. Here's the thing, right? And I get Kyle Lowry is super salty. I think that, you know, he's super salty, but I understand why he's super salty. As you mentioned, they traded away his friend, right? And I get it. And I understand that he's going to be upset about that. And I don't even blame him for not really wanting to talk about it at USA Basketball. And again, I'm going to point to Kyle at Media Day. He was just saying he's here to work. He said he's not really the guy who is in the media or on Instagram or whatever, or talkative much during the off season, right? Like that's not him. So I understand that, but he's here to work. You know, Kyle's going to ball. And plus he knows like they have Fred and DeLon behind him. So it's not like he can slack. Like they don't have to play Kyle right. Lowry. You know what I mean? Like there's guys behind him to push him, and he's a pit bull. He's going to ball. Like he's that's just Kyle Lowry, you know? And I'm not going to be mad at him for, being upset they traded DeMar DeRozan. I'm, I'm not going to be mad at him for that. He's human. And if we want guys to be to be real and be honest, but then that's only based off if we agree with their opinion. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's not really fair. Do you, you understand what oh. I'm saying? Like, if we want him to be honest and he's giving you honesty, what more do you want? And him not talking to the media at training camp, I get it, man. Like, you can only be asked the same question so many different times. Right? Like, how's it playing with Kawhi? How's, you know what I mean? Like, what's the chemistry been like? How different is it playing with Kawhi than playing with DeMar? Like, you know, the same question the media is going to ask you every single time. So, to be honest, I don't mind if he doesn't talk. No, uh, like, like I say, I, not that I would rather him not talk, but him not talking shows me that th- there's no messing around. It's no jokes or anything. He's coming. It's business. Yeah, it's business time. Also, too, I come from the school of, hey, if you ball, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> right? That's it. Ball out. If you ball, do whatever you want. And so if I'm okay with Kawhi coming here and not talking and Kawhi's going to ball, then I have to have the same rules for Kyle Lowry. Right? 100%. And, you know, who's going to be the leader of the team? Who's the guy in the locker room? All that stuff we don't really know anyways. We don't know if Kyle and DeMar were these great leaders inside the locker room. We don't know that. Right. So going forward, does Kyle now have to be the guy in the room because DeMar's not there? Well, again, we don't know that leaders will emerge. There's still a lot of good vets on this team. You got CJ Miles, who had some pretty good quotes today when he was talking about um, just a whole Lowry and DeRozan situation, which I thought was pretty interesting. Right. Like he's just talking about Kyle being a professional and he's not worried about Kyle. Kyle's going to be on the court and give it his all like. As, as you like to bring up all the time, that's that, that's that Philly mentality, that's right. right? He's going to go hard. I'm not really worried about Kyle Lowry because, again, there's people pushing him from behind, and the Raptors have a good team. <laughs> Who doesn't want to play on a good no, team? No, th- right? that's it. You want to get traded to Atlanta? Like, just go for it later. Um, But, you know, if you are worried about Kyle Lowry possibly being a, a, an issue in the locker room, that leads us to our uh, world-famous turn-up-or-turn-down segment, Webby. That's right. And our turn-up-turn-down segment is pretty simple. We make a hot take, and then you decide whether it's turn-up or turn-down. Turn-up means good. Turn-down equals bad. So, 
with Kyle Lowry possibly being salty, there's Jimmy Butler rumors floating all over the place. Jimmy Butler saga is all over the place, right? But we'll start here with this question, Webby. Turn up or turn down, Jimmy Butler is a franchise player. When you say franchise player, you're talking best player on a on a playoff team on a yes on a good team. He is someone you would want to build your franchise around. Ooh, with aspirations of winning. That's the tough. He he, Ooh. he may not be a franchise player, but he's definitely somebody that I would build my team culture around. Okay. Okay, Jimmy Butler's fair. Jimmy that's Butler's fair. work ethic, personality, and the way that he plays ball is definitely something that I would want to impart on my young players and veterans alike. I think that a guy like that is invaluable to have in your locker room, and I think I know yeah. where we're going with this conversation. Uh, <laughs> he, he, I, I think that Minnesota is making the choice they had to make, but it's not the choice yeah. that I would make. Everything being equal in in a vacuum. Exactly. You know what's so crazy? Because I'm going to turn up on this, right? Jimmy Butler is a franchise player. Now, I, I don't know like about a franchise He would have like been the perfect franchise guy. Follow me for a second here, though. Follow me for a second here, though. I think he would have been the perfect franchise player in Minnesota. Because here's the thing. These young bucks, if you want to learn under someone, it's Jimmy Butler. And it's a, it's a reminder of just different mentalities, right? Jimmy Butler is a dude that wasn't highly recruited in high school. Jimmy Butler's a guy that was like homeless at certain points of his yeah. life, right? Jimmy Butler scrapped for every single thing. He scrapped in college. He scrapped to get into the NBA. He scrapped while in the NBA to turn himself into a superstar in the league, right? That's a guy with the mentality of work hard, of go get, and that's what you kind of want, right? And it's kind of a, a different upbringing in the NBA, and I'm using quotations, but different upbringing than, let's say, Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins, who were both highly touted stars from high school and into right. college and one and done and top picks in the in the NBA, right? And so I think that if you had that and you made that work, that's a perfect franchise for him to be the leader of. And last year, I know it didn't work, right? But if you really just take a step back and look at what happened with that team last year, they were in like third or fourth place. Butler gets hurt. They went, what? I think it was 10 and 13 or 10 or 14, 10 and 14 without yeah. him in the lineup. And they fall to eighth. Now, if you just flip that and make them not even like great, but 13 and 10, they finish in third. That's a huge difference, right? Between having to play Houston in the first round. And I just think that to scrap that after one year because, you know, who knows what's going on, but clearly something massive is going on within that locker room. It kind of sucks because I think that was a perfect situation for Jimmy Butler and for those two young guys in Cat and Wiggins. But clearly something happened. What do you think happened with those guys? I think that they weren't listening to Jimmy Butler. <laughs> and I think that Jimmy Butler, as he's wont to do, called them right out on their on their BS. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and I think that they got their feelings hurt. We talk about this a lot of times on the show, too, about the younger generation of basketball players. And yeah. you talk about two guys who, like we said, came up really highly recruited, uh, a lot of early success at a young, young age. And when you give teenagers that much success at a young age, teenagers already think that they know everything and they're never wrong. Mm -hmm. And then to be confronted with a personality like Jimmy Butler's who's not going to take any crap, 
who's going to, you know, he's going to be in the gym, you know, when the lights turn on every day. Yeah. And if you're not in the gym every day when the lights turn on, you're going to hear about it. And I and think also, that I think that they got pretty salty. Yeah, and you you know what's crazy too, right? Like you got to think about being a one and done player at Kentucky or at Kansas. You're probably not having many situations where someone's telling you about yourself. Yeah, you know what I mean? Exactly. Someone to counter you and go hard. Like, hey, Calipari might be one of the greatest recruiters of all time. But his coaching might be a little different. You know what I'm, you know what I'm <laughs> yeah. saying? Yeah. And so now you're running into the NBA and you're, you know, you're beefing with these dudes. And even when it, it got to the point where, you know, I'm pretty sure everyone by now knows what happens in the sense that Jimmy requested a trade. Andrew Wiggins' brother went to social media to say hallelujah. Jimmy then made uh, an Instagram post where he said hallelujah as well and then said keep that same energy, which led to Stephen Jackson, who <laughs> is not one that you want the smoke with, no. for sure. And but- Stephen Jackson was smoking during the <laughs> – <laughs> keeping that smoke. It was amazing. It was so good. But just the way that that played out with Wiggins and his brother going back at Stephen Jackson, it was just kind of weird to me, right? Because – Steven Jackson is a dude that he's a vet, you know, and like at a certain point, I know you might not have liked the way that he delivered the message, but I think the message was something he needed to to take in. Right. And the way that you went back at him in terms of trying to tear down his career just seemed kind of weird. Like it didn't seem like it was something that was smart, but also, also as someone on Twitter pointed out, (laughs) Andrew Wiggins trying to to start a, an online beef with, of all people, Steven Jackson just shows he has bad shot selection off the court <laughs> as well, <laughs> which was just a genius tweet, which was hilarious. But that whole situation was just so crazy, and it, it kind of made me really wonder where these guys' mindset was, but also, did something bigger happen? Like, I know there's rumors, which I'm not going to play TMZ here and get too deep into them, but if you want, you can Google it, and it's pretty easy to find out with some of the other rumors in terms of what was going on in that locker room. Right. I'll, I'll just say that and let you Google that on <laughs> your own. Searching your own. But there had to be something going on in that room because this just seemed so weird to me. And, and I really think that it could have worked. Like it was a great situation. And now who knows where Jimmy Butler is going to end up, but you know, I don't, yeah. On paper, I, I struggle with paper, the Wiggins versus situation. Steven Jackson thing. That was weird to me. Yeah. Very strange. <clears throat> Did you see how that like got squashed? By the way, no. Oh, so it got squashed I because just thought, I figured somebody got to Wiggins and said, "Listen, I'm not sure if <laughs> well, you're old enough to remember Stephen Jackson." And well, here's Captain the thing: Jack. So, Stephen Jackson went online and he actually said, first off, quotables from Stephen Jackson that should be remembered from this was "respected or check it." That was one of my favorite lines. That was just like, yo, that needs to be put on a t-shirt. Underdog, put that on a t-shirt. Respect it or check it. I thought that was amazing. But Steven Jackson went online and he said that uh, Jerry Stackhouse actually, I think is friends with Wiggins's, someone in Wiggins's family is close with Jerry Stackhouse. And so Stackhouse reached out to squash it. And then Stackhouse reached out to Steven Jackson to squash it. And Steven Jackson put up a screenshot of his phone of a phone conversation. And I'm gonna credit Bomani Jones with this, but he's <laughs> just like, as further proof that Steven Jackson is not someone that you want to mess with, 
We also know that Jerry Stackhouse is not someone you want to mess with. And Steven Jackson had Jerry Stackhouse in his phone as OG Stackhouse, <laughs> right? That's like, so, was that, that's real recognized real right there, right? Exactly, right? Just people you do not want that smoke with. So I, I love seeing that Stack reached out to me like, listen, we got to cut this noise right now because <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not a good look for anybody involved. That's it. Those are two guys who probably have some amazing stories too. Oh, man. Talk about people that should have a podcast. Yeah. Man, I would just – story time with Steven Jackson would be the greatest thing ever. <laughs> That's where – with guest host or with, with guest star uh, Jerry Stackhouse. Right? But it, I'd be in on and that. And the other thing sure. too, I mean, it made – it brought back the footage of the malice at the palace, right? And just a reminder that – Yo, my guy saw a fight in the stands and just started laying out fans <laughs> in the stands. I don't think that's a guy you want to be no. calling out and telling keep that same energy to. <laughs> like he will have that same energy. What are we talking about here? The, right? the, yeah. The, I, the other thing, my favorite part about this whole thing was Wiggins putting up the post and then taking it down, clarifying that it. No, this is about Stephen Jackson. It's like, oh, young fella. <laughs> oh no young fella oh so good so good but i guess uh before we switch topics from jimmy where do you think jimmy butler should go at first he said clippers then nets and knicks yo did you and now the heat have jumped into this fray did you hear where that should the, jimmy end up did you hear that the t-wolves wanted ben simmons for jimmy <laughs> butler like what like, what do you think what this is tibbs is? doing what this, is tibbs doing i i don't know man but i would say Honestly, where I'd want him to end up is, ooh, I'd like him to come back to the East. I think uh, if he came to the East, I, listen, you know, I don't think that he's necessarily a game changer with what he can do on the court, but mm -hmm. a, an interesting thing would be to put him in New York on the Knicks. Yeah, uh, I mean, there are the rumors of him and Kyrie wanting right? to link up somewhere. Bide your time, bide your time, Jimmy Butler on the Knicks. Just uh, like we said, great locker room guy. Maybe puts that presence on guys like Knox, some of the younger yeah. guys. You wait, you sit Porzingis out the whole year. You're the Knicks, so you're going to be bad. And then you wait, yeah. you get a high draft pick, and you sign Kyrie in the offseason. Oh, there goes Gurley. Now, I don't want this to sound too hot takey, but I'm going to be really honest here. I'm not in the Raptors locker room. I don't know what's going on with the Raps. Like, inside, inside. You know what I mean? We, we've heard reports from Josh Lewenberg, and shout out to Josh Lewenberg, who I think is like definitely one of the best people following the Raptors. Absolutely. But he reported on Media Day that the Raptors front office, whether it was Masai and Nick Nurse, were trying to reach out to Lowry multiple times during the offseason, and they got no responses back. Mm. So I'll say this. If at any point I am actually worried about Kyle Lowry sulking at all, I'm going to put all my chips in the table and I'm trying to offer up Kyle Lowry for Jimmy Butler and just say, hey, with Jimmy Butler and Kawhi Leonard, we're trying to go all in for this one season. Let's go and deal with what happens after this season, after this season. But that would, to me, would be an, a crazy, crazy move. Jimmy Butler coming back to the East, the duo of that, that perimeter defense of Jimmy Butler and Kawhi Leonard. Yo, yeah, again, let's go. Nobody, no, you wouldn't score a hundred points on the Raptors all season. But the thing is, right? I, I, the the whole Ben, they want them wanting Ben Simmons. I don't know if that's true or not. That's just kind of a rumor that I heard. But yeah. I imagine that they would want more than Kyle Lowry. True, 
True. I'm just talking about someone to like highlight the package of whoever else you want to take off the team, right? Right. But I mean, Jimmy Butler, I'm I'm assuming it's gonna happen within days because as Woj keeps reporting, the owner kind of wants yeah, to get the, this done. Yeah, the- and and at the same point, I feel like Woj is is really applying the pressure from the Jimmy Butler side to kind of speed this whole process up. So a trade should happen. Hey, maybe by the time people are listening to this, maybe the trade already happens. But speaking of the Eastern Conference, Webby, we move on to our next turn up or turn down segment. And Brampton's own Tristan Thompson set basketball Twitter on fire this afternoon with a little quote that Tristan Thompson <laughs> little quote little quote here Tristan Thompson says quote we're still four-time Eastern Conference champions so until you take us down from that teams ain't got much to say Boston Philly they ain't got much to say Boston had home court game seven and lost Philly you guys almost got swept Toronto we know that story close quote my question to you, Mr. Andrew Webster, for our turn up, turn down segment. Tristan Thompson wants all the smoke. Turn up or turn down. Well, Tristan Thompson doesn't read the sports news. Turn up, turn down. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Tristan Thompson didn't yeah. didn't get the memo about LeBron <laughs> going to the Lakers. But listen, you know what? I like it. I li- oh. Because you know what? Okay. Because you know what? He's right. Ah. He's right. They they, they okay. they've won the East four straight years. Okay, <laughs> and they, you know what? The Raptors uh, look what happened the last couple of years. The, the the Sixers almost got swept. The Celtics had a home court advantage in Game Seven and lost. He's not telling lies. He's not telling <laughs> lies. Now, when when the when the when the Cavs maybe miss the playoffs or or don't make it out of the first round, and again, yeah. listen, I think the Cavs. I don't think they're going to be a last place team whatsoever. Uh, my guy Mark, I work with before I left, he he saw a tweet that said I think it was like the ESPN rankings or whatever said the Cavs are projected to win. I think like thirty one games this year or something like that. See, I, so I thought that was pretty funny. I think they're going to be but, a little bit better than that. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I don't think that they're going um, to be co- completely horrendous. I really like Sexton. And I think returning yeah. the guys that they returned isn't such a bad thing. And I know that you're a big Bill Simmons fan, too. There could be a Ewing theory potential here. With the Cavs. With the Cavs. Okay. Now, so you think, so let's not go crazy. No, let's not go crazy. I don't think they're going to be in the top you know, five or six. But it wouldn't be surprising to me if they were making a run for an eighth spot in the East. Uh. By any chance, did you catch any of the quotes from <laughs> certain players on other teams responding <laughs> no, to Mr. I, Tristan I Thompson? Did you catch any I of just saw, I just actually saw the quote uh, this the, uh, this afternoon, actually, before before I texted you about coming in doing the podcast. I saw, yeah. I saw that, and it kind of spurred me. I was like, oh, yeah, we're doing the podcast tonight. We, we're definitely going to talk <laughs> about this. Uh, Marcus Morris with not one, not two, not three, not four. But five laughing emojis okay, good. says at Tristan at real Tristan, cut it out, get that vacation ready early this year, fam. Ain't shit going through the caps this year. <laughs> <laughs> we know the Morris twins want the smoke. Always, for sure. always, they'll catch you outside the gym. 
your boy Ben Simmons said at Tristan Thompson, ha, yeah, okay, buddy, see you soon, with a smiling emoji. And JoJo, of course, LMAO. <laughs> Real Tristan, boy, if you don't. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. This is why... It, like it's funny. We set up, as you said, we set up to do the podcast today, and then something like this happens, and you're just like, "Oh, it's this back. is more juice." It's back. And I'm turning up. I'm actually turning up on this. Tristan does want all the smoke, and I respect it. He's not laying down. He's not just sitting there and saying, "Oh, well, we don't have LeBron anymore, so we're gonna suck. We're rebuilding." No, I like this attitude because what do you want him to say? Yeah, right? exactly. That's what you want them to still think that they can. What do, do you want them to say? You want them to say, "Yeah, we're 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 rolling over this year. We know we don't have LeBron. Season's over." Hell no, man! <laughs> you went to four straight finals. You're eight. You're you're allowed to do this. I don't care if LeBron's right. not on the team. You earn these bragging rights. True, true. Not mad at Tristan for that one. I know he's getting crushed by everyone else on social media and basketball Twitter, but you know what? I I rep Tristan for this one because it's just. A, like, it's entertaining, but it's also getting me hyped for the regular season. Let's go, right? I want to see what's going to go down with the Cavs, how Kevin Love responds, Colin Sexton. Colin Sexton stepped right in and stole Kyrie's number right away. I, love, like, I like I that a lot. Like this, I like right? Sexton like, quite a bit. You were talking about Ewing Theory. You are talking about Ewing Theory. Maybe the Cavs, you know? I don't know. I don't know. But speaking of that one, LeBron... Raymond James, LeBron headed to the West Coast, as we know by now, and he is now a member of the Los Angeles Lakers. And LeBron was asked by a reporter, <laughs> the reporter said, how do you expect to earn the loyalty and respect of the LA fan base? Now, LeBron <laughs> looked and said, me? Huh? I signed a four-year deal. What more do you want me to do? Now, mind you, I'm reading that quote. The look on LeBron James's face as he's answering these questions was amazing. But it also leads us again to our last turn up or turn down question. And LeBron needs to win over the Lakers fans. Is that a turn up or turn down from you, Mr. Andrew Webster? Uh well, I think that's a turn up. That he does oh. that he does need to earn the respect of the Laker fans. Um, but here's the thing, it's LeBron James and it It'll take him about one quarter of the first game to do that. Yes. Uh, like, uh, yeah. 100%. Like, that's for sure. That's why he went to L.A. He wouldn't go yeah. to L.A. if he wasn't interested in winning over one of the biggest fan bases, not just in the NBA, but in sports. Yeah. No, totally true. And the interesting context here that needs to be mentioned, right, is I'm going to turn up on this and say LeBron needs to win over Lakers fans. But more importantly – LeBron needs to win over the Kobe stands. And the Kobe stands make up a very high percentage of Laker fans, right? And these folks, remember, as a Kobe stand, it was a Kobe and LeBron debate for the majority of LeBron James's career. And I bet you that there's still a very large portion of that community that still <laughs> believes that Kobe Bryant is better than LeBron James. But again, James, that's, that's right? only gonna, it's only so, going to last one quarter of the first game. For sure. But I also feel like they're waiting, just waiting for the first sign of failure, however you deem failure, if it's not making it far in the playoffs or whatever, to jump on LeBron to say Kobe would have done blank. Yeah, listen, Kobe would have done crazy. a lot of things, but he's not going to be doing what LeBron's <laughs> going to do. 
No, I totally agree with you. I just think it's amazing LeBron having to answer the question of does he have to win over any fan base? Like the like only Laker fans would think to ask that question. No, uh, unbelievable. Like where? But you want to like, talk? You want to talk about question. a crazy media day? Did you see the tweet that was the two different media days in LA? The Clippers media uh, day, yes. and the Lakers media yeah. day. It shows you all you need <laughs> to know, it. right? I did see that. It was pretty funny because something happened like scheduling conflicts. And so the Clippers had to make theirs around the same time as the Lakers. And so LA media had to make a decision. <laughs> and yeah, pretty easy decision <laughs> know who to they make. Chose. Pretty easy decision <laughs> to make. Uh, the other thing that's big in Lakerland that shouldn't be swept over is the fact that one Anthony Davis has signed, mm. he switched agencies oh, and is signed with Clutch Sports which just happens to be the same agency that LeBron James is under and happens to be headed up by a best friend of LeBron James. <laughs> yeah. But right. Is there something we should read into this, Mr. Webster? No, because uh, just as uh, LeBron says, right, he has no stake in clutch sports whatsoever. Isn't that, <laughs> isn't that what he says? Yes. No, no stake hey, at all. There's, so there's nothing to read in here. At all, other than just Anthony like Davis to the Lakers. Eh? Well, who knows? Just it, other than the all the tweets that I saw of Anthony Davis photoshopped in a Lakers uniform next to LeBron. <laughs> so my only question is: Does this happen during this year? Or does this happen next year? Depends on the start the Lakers get off to, and the start that the Pelicans get off to as well. Also true, and in the tough West, it could be tough sledding for the Pelicans this year. So, I mean, that'll be super interesting. Again. Everything about the NBA and especially LeBron going to LA. This out, Webby. And you know what? Maybe you are the perfect person to have this conversation with. Because at the end of the day, Webby, you know what I was thinking about? The fact of West Coast basketball. Okay? Okay. I've been trying to wake up mad early because there's a lot of things on the go. You know, we got a lot of different on blast content going on. And so I'm up early doing work before I go to work on uh, the Tim and Tid show that I work on, right? Yeah. So I've been trying to go to bed a lot earlier, and it's been working. It's been all right. You know, I'm up now at like that's gonna end. seven seven thirty. West Coast basketball. <laughs> How am I going to survive this? I know. You're... I feel like I need to watch every Laker game. Listen, like this world's smallest violin is playing just for you. You're not working. <laughs> You're not on this nine to five grind. All right. I have to get up early. <laughs> But uh, I, I like it's going to be a lot of like one half of Laker games. It's going to be a lot of that, okay. unless they're playing okay. somebody good, and then I might throw the headphones in and see if I can sneak the laptop into the bed with the wife. <laughs> but but it's going to be a tough one, man. Let me tell you. But I, you know what, I'm already preparing myself for it with football being back because Monday nights and Thursday nights, you know, I That's stay true. up a little later because I want to watch games. But I mean, Fair with enough. the NBA, as you know, it's every damn night. Woo, can't wait. I know I've been saying that. Maybe that'll be the title of this podcast. Every. Can't wait. Oh, can't wait. Can't with little Bart Scott. <laughs> Something like that. I don't know. I'll figure that out. But, uh, you know, I guess this is a transition into our Ask on Blast seg segment. But this LeBron James kind of Hollywood takeover, this is kind of incredible. Like, have you been paying attention to some of the projects and stuff he's been working on? Obviously, Space Jam like, and got a lot of headlines here's the last thing about week space, when that was announced. Here's the thing about Space Jam. Not a good movie. <laughs> Putting that one out there. But you want you want hot takes? There's, there's my hot take for you. 
Not a good movie. But yeah, no. Uh, uh, but again, <laughs> like we, we knew. I'm not even going to have this argument. We knew, I just can't. we knew that LeBron wanted to go to a major market. And we knew yeah. that he has aspirations far greater than the sport of basketball. So you knew that when he went to L.A. that this kind of production house, like he's been always really interested in, in movies, documentaries, things like that. And he's making, uh, putting his name out there as a pretty interesting media mogul kind of person. So uh, yeah. I, I'm not surprised by all these projects. And honestly, with the way that he's tackled the schools that he's been building and the way that uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he were successful in these endeavors either. And I can't wait to see some of the projects because outside of Space Jam 2, he's got some other really cool ones that are you know yeah. stories that I don't know a lot about. I was listening to Tiffany Haddish was being interviewed on the Bill Simmons uh, podcast, yes, and yes, she was yes. talking about um, – He's got the rights to a story of this woman who was the first multi-millionaire uh, African-American woman in the United States, and they're making a movie about it, and it's LeBron okay. James's production house that's doing it. And that's a very cool, very cool story, something I don't know a lot about. So uh, I, I think that with the right people involved, it would be really cool, and it would be, honestly, really awesome to see LeBron excel at something else other than basketball. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned some of the projects. The shop, I thought, was really dope. That first episode they had at the shop, I thought yeah, was so I cool. just love Draymond drinking wine. <laughs> you know what made me mad? The, the argument about people being like, what barbershop do they drink wine in? It's like, it's a TV show. No, exactly. Like, do you think LeBron actually goes to a barbershop barber <laughs> right now? Like, what are we talking oh. about? Like, <laughs> it was just an amazing, like... Dumb. I guess that's a hot take era, especially in the summer when there's not much to talk about. But it was just funny the side that people had to jump on to tear down the shop just because it was something LeBron did. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the angles people were taking. It was so ridiculous. But anyways, I thought the shop was dope. He has a Muhammad Ali doc yeah. on HBO that's about to happen. Uh, one other thing, and I know we recommend stuff to watch all the time on this podcast. LeBron had a, a doc he did with Jay Will where uh, – Jay Will was went to a high school in New Jersey, and I read about this. Yeah, Jay Will like helped the basketball team. It was like a high school basketball team, and Jay Will would show up and help coach them throughout the season. But it was really more about the kids and the stuff that these kids were dealing with off the court because it was a really tough, like tough neighborhood that the school was in, and so the kids were dealing with a whole lot of different issues off the court and how. Jay, Jay Will and also their coach mentored the kids oh. through that and used basketball as a tool to give them hope. It's a really cool doc. It's called, I think it's called One Shot. Yes. Shit, I got to Google that because I don't want to get that right. wrong. But it was a really good doc and it was cool too just to see how the media industry works now because um, it started off on YouTube, right? And so they would release different episodes as the season went along on YouTube and then it ended up on ESPN one night. And so it was just interesting to see how these things get rolled out. You know what I mean? In terms of it's not just a straight deal with a particular best shot. Sorry, that's what it's called. Best, best shot. shot. Um, yeah, so you can watch that on YouTube. And I think it was on ESPN. So I don't know if it'll be anywhere anywhere else. But like in terms of the real story and what these kids were dealing with off the court and then having to like wake up and go to practice the next day is a really, really interesting look at, at like – inner city kids and what they had to deal with in the game of basketball being a, a, a tool 
to help them deal with real life. Really good Very stuff. Cool. So I'm interested just as much as what LeBron's doing on the court with the cast of characters of Lance and Michael Beasley Rondo. and Rondo and LeVar Ball's been awfully quiet. I'll say that so too. far, but just as much as what LeBron's putting up with the cast of characters on the court, he's doing major work off the court yeah. as well. Right. Uh, I guess we'll wrap with our ask on blast segment, which, you know, we take questions from our listeners and this week we got a question from Sean and Sean asks, which album are you looking forward to the most? Lil Wayne's a Carter five or Kanye's Yandy. Yandy, sorry. Oh. Why am I mispronouncing that? Or Kanye's Yandy. Come on. There's no question about it. You're going to tell me I'm going to get another Kanye West album in the but same year? Did you year? like the first Kanye West album that came out? Didn't love all this, of it, but year? again, I thought it, it really grew on me the more I looked, I, I listened to it. But honestly, okay. now that the weather's getting a little bit colder, I think it might be a good cold weather album. That's my that's my uh Is it because it's like super dark yeah, and depressing? Yeah, and exactly. Like, when it starts to get okay. when it starts to get darker out earlier and earlier, I'm definitely gonna be throwing it on. Definitely gonna be throwing on Ghost Town on all the time. Like it's okay. one of my favorite tracks. That and Ratchet Birthday Party, which we've already talked about. They're like <laughs> two of my low key favorite songs of the year. Um yeah. but the thing about Carter Five is that I'm not that excited about it. I yeah. like Wayne. I love, listen, Wheezy's awesome. One of the best rappers, like really of our generation. Like we, you and I grew up around, yeah, you know, we were about the same age. We grew yeah. up around the same. And he, like the impact that he had in hip hop, especially with the mixtapes and mixtape culture that sure. started to happen when we were in like junior high, high school, when his yeah. mixtapes were really uh, dedication mixtapes were dropping, those were huge deals. But this seems like, I don't know, man. He's just going back to the well again. And after the disappointing Eminem album, too, it's just like, I don't want to hear these guys anymore. You know, <laughs> give, me, give me more Sheck Wes, you know? Okay, okay. The, the thing with the Lil Wayne album and the only sign of hope that I have for it is that because this album has been anticipated and talked about for so long, I'm hoping that maybe he made it when he was still good. And it's just been sitting on the back burner? Yes. It's just been sitting yeah. on the back burner for all these years. And that's why he's just putting it out right away. As soon as they sorted out the money issues at whatever was going on with him and baby, they just had this waiting. And so it's not the, you know, because Wayne has fallen off over the years, but <laughs> you're right. Like his influence is basically everyone in this modern age of hip hop now is some form of Lil yeah. Wayne. No? Yeah. No, absolutely. And that goes from everybody from... Like um, what friggin' Lil Uzi Vert to yeah. Tyler the Creator, like all exactly, like, and even the look, the look of the dreads and the colored hair and the tattoos on the face, and you know, even your boy uh, Takashi and all that, right? Like that's all something from the Little Wayne wave, and so his influence is undeniable. But I don't know how excited I am for it. Kanye is still canceled to me, like. Kanye, he got really super annoying. Although I did find his whole, <laughs> that walk under the, the subway tracks in Chicago. Yeah. Where he's talking to, to Nick Cannon and, and who was it? Tyrese and, and, yeah. or Tyson Beckford, Tyson whoever Beckford, it was. Yeah. Like I did find that funny, <laughs> but overall I'm still like Kanye's just trolling us. He's only doing these things to make headlines when he's trying to sell us something. 
And so I'm, I'm going in, I'm going to listen to it, yeah. but I don't have any expectations for anything Kanye does. What I'd really like though, is like the last kind of Kanye wave that we got earlier this summer, where we got a push a T album that was produced solely by Kanye, where we got a kid Cudi and Kanye album. And we got what I want to see is another wave like that. Not just necessarily a Kanye album, but I want to hear that Chance a Rapper album with Kanye. I want to hear I? Kanye produce some more artists and more short albums, seven out like seven track albums that are just solely produced by him with other artists that he likes making music with. But this is the thing that I don't understand, right? Like Drake showed you the blueprint as to why he makes these albums that have twenty five tracks, right? Because it's rigging the streaming game, right? It's rigging the streaming game. Like if me and you both listen to a Drake album that has 25 tracks, well, that's 50 listens right there. Right. Right. As opposed to if we both listen to a Kanye album that has seven songs on it. Right. So it's weird to me to see Kanye kind of go the opposite way and release these short albums. I don't know what this album is going to be. Maybe this album is going to be the actual album that he was supposed to put out before because he came out in one of his interviews that he was recently doing where he said, that album he did in eight days. Yeah, yeah, he did it almost overnight. And let me tell you something. I can tell. <laughs> yeah, right? exactly. So who knows if the first, if this album that's about to drop on Saturday is the actual album that he should have put out, right? I don't know. But either really, way. Really interesting that it's coming out the day that he's going back to Saturday Night Live, too. Which tells me that that is must-see TV, right? Because he's going to do something crazy to trend to get to lead into that album coming out, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess one thing I want to ask you, though, Webby, do you have a song? Like, what was your favorite album of the summer? There were a lot of albums, as you mentioned, that came out. The I don't Kanye know. Rollout, Drake's album. There's a lot of stuff that came out this summer. Well, low-key, uh, if you know, you know, uh, Ratchet Birthday Party and uh, and Ghost Town are, are three probably my favorite songs. But, man, I, I'm such an old man. The last like couple weeks have been just strictly Mo Bamba on okay. on repeat. Okay, that song gets me so fired up. <laughs> it's like uh, uh, back in the day. What was the uh, uh, Bone Crusher? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. Never Scared or whatever. Yeah. This yeah. Mo Bamba is firing me up, man. I have no idea who Sheck West is, where he comes from, but I just heard that song like a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, "What the fuck is that?" And then I heard it again, and I was like, all right, I've got to figure out what this song is. And then finally, I heard it for a third time, and I was like, finally with somebody, I was like, what is this? There's like a 20-year-old kid that I work with. He's like, oh, man, this is Mo Bamba by Sheck West. <laughs> I was like, I've never heard, I don't know, like Mo Bamba, like on the magic? He's like, <laughs> Yo, it so is, good. it makes me want to put my fucking head through a wall. It's so good, man. <laughs> it's awesome. You know, it's crazy. I was thinking of like, what's the song of the summer? And it's funny because I've had so many conversations about that Tyga song. And it's yeah. funny because that Joe Budden video that kind of went viral last week where he's like humming along the beat and he's yeah. basically just like, tell me one thing that Tyga says on that track and nobody <laughs> can answer it. And it's so true. Like that song bumps, Big right? Tune. But Big I can't tune. tell you anything that he says on that because the beat is just so nice. And that is one of the songs of the summer for sure, right? It's so crazy. But I mean, 
I almost feel bad because that's most music right now. Yeah. I don't want to sound like the old head that's hating on what these kids are doing because, hey, get yours, right? Yeah, that's right. I'm not Get hate. yours. Not mad yeah. at you, man. Get no, yours, Tyga. Not mad at you. That's it. Go on, Check West. Like, can't, wait, <laughs> can't wait for your second album. I don't even know if you have a first album, but shit, just keep making 14 tracks of Mo Bamba. I'm down. Hey, and you know what? If Mo Bamba puts in work while listening to Mo oh Bamba, my God. maybe he'll be on the On Blast podcast and we'll talk about it at some point. No? I'm just so sad that, again, I'm not voicing highlights because I'd be talking about Colin Hose every time <laughs> Mo Bamba did anything. Uh, that'd be so good. That'd be so good, Webby. Well, you know what? I guess we'll just have to settle for another conversation on the Ball On Blast podcast next week. Oh, absolutely it's a date brother <laughs> absolutely oh, i'm sure listen you... in the next seven days something fucking crazy is gonna happen in the nba that we're gonna have to reconvene and talk about it well i assume jimmy butler is gonna get traded within yeah. the next week the next time we talk we'll have hopefully some not for ben games. simmons exactly <laughs> uh, we'll have some preseason games to talk about we'll yes. see we'll get our first look at Kawhi in a raps jersey oh you know God. there'll be stuff to talk about lebron will be sitting out preseason because he's not about that preseason life come on man <laughs> yo the other thing was the the one that I, I you know i hate to talk about my the tweets but dude just seeing lebron in that media day picture with uh ingram lonzo and kuzma and yep. who was the other young guy i was just like uh, yo this is like me when i show up to a high school party <laughs> just, trying, just trying to make, hello fellow kids <laughs> Too funny, man. That's amazing. That's amazing. Uh, Webby, now that football season's in full swing, basketball season's about to start, I know your Twitter game is on fuego, but where can the people find you if they want to contact you and talk some shit? Well, first of all, we got to big up your NFL picks every yeah. week on the On Blast, po- uh, on the on Blast blog because you're doing pretty yep. good this, this season so far, right? Well, I'm hovering at the 500 mark. You know what? Week two took me out. But yeah. I heard week two took out everybody. Yeah, you had a good week one, though. You were on fire. On fire, you know, trying to maintain. I had the, hold on, I had the Rams tonight. How are the Rams doing? Up 10. You were in the Up fourth 10. quarter. I'll take that. That's a cover. Okay. Uh, and and then what do you, do you tweet out your picks too, or you tweet out a link to the? Yeah, I'll tweet out a link. Normally the picks are up sometime Friday afternoon. So picks are normally up by Friday afternoon, but for sure sometime over the weekend. It depends, man. Now that Ball on Blast is back, depends. The schedule gets a little get hectic, those, but you still got to get those picks in. Because I was going to say, get the picks in. I was going to say, or you get your pro lines off. That's check right. Out the On Blast blog. Friday night too, I put out five NCAA picks for NCAA yes. football heads out there, and I've been. Pretty good so far this season. We're going to try and keep that going this weekend. So if you're looking for some uh, college football betting picks, at a Webster 84 on Twitter. That is dope, my friend. And yes, you mentioned the On Blast blog. Lots going on over there. Ball On Blast is obviously back. We got the football picks. Also, the You Killed It podcast. It's, the challenge it's is blowing. Back. Yo, you are Yo. blowing up that podcast. What are you at now? Like top 20 reality uh, show podcast or something we've hit into so in the tv section tv uh in the tv section on itunes we've hit into the 30s top that's 30 in, that's so amazing that's pretty bro. cool you know soundcloud we're all right man we're into 
we're, we're getting some numbers on the SoundCloud. And I feel kind of like a SoundCloud rapper about to blow, you know? Yo, that's, <laughs> you know what that is? That's an so on-blast cool. on brand right there. Exactly, right? Things things are things are going. So a lot of stuff going on. And if you want to check any of it out, of course, you can find me on Twitter at Shell Alexander, on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander, YouTube content. Shout out to the YouTube listeners. Yes, man. I bumped into buddy again on the street that asked me when the podcast no no way the guy at starbucks yes yes saw him again you know so shout out to the youtube listeners like and subscribe tell your friends keep following i'll try to get more videos up and out there and you know what webby this was great to be back man i'm super excited for this glad we could do this again and we will have this again for season two of the ball on blast podcast of course you know what a new way to end it this year Webby. you know why because I used to pray for times like this to rhyme ah. like this. This was the Ball on Blast podcast. Until next week, see ya. Peace. This is Ball on Blast, part of the On Blast podcast network. Available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. If you like it, then subscribe and tell your friends. Holla.